0: You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremenges. You guys know the deal by now. I am a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host here at the Locked on Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Just before we dive into our episode, I wanted to remind you guys that NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to our fan mail mailbag friday episode the final episode this week as always i appreciate you guys for coming back to me here at the locked on rams pod and you guys made sure to send me some pretty good questions as you always do so we are just going to kind of dive into them one at a time and just take a look at what you guys have in store for me here the first one is from at espn rams takes he said which year two former rookie takes the biggest leap in your opinion And which year two guys needs to take the biggest leap this season? Now, that is obviously a very, very good question and a very important one because a lot of these guys that the Rams drafted, not this past draft, but in the draft prior, are going to have to step up by way of, you know, all the losses that they had in free agency and things like that. You look at the draft class in 2020, it was a pretty good one. You had guys like Cam Akers come in right away, Jordan Fuller, and immediately impact the team now who do I think personally takes the biggest step and makes the most development going into this season. I'm going to probably go with third round rookie safety Terrell Burgess. Burgess was starting to finally get some playing time last year. And then it was in that Chicago bears game where an unfortunate block sort of had him roll over himself and kind of had his upper body go backwards over top of himself and it snapped his ankle and he missed the rest of the season, which was unfortunate, but there was like that two or three week stretch there in the Buffalo Bills game, the Chicago Bears game, where he was starting to get a little bit more run, and you could finally start to see him actually put some good play on the field, made a few plays on the ball, had a few good tackles, and not only that, but he was actually my favorite draft pick that the Rams had in 2020. I actually thought he was the best player of that class, the most talented player. I thought his tape was the best, so I'm going to go with Terrell Burgess. He's now got a shot to be a starting safety for the Rams. And if he's not a starter, he's probably going to still play 60, 65, maybe even 70% of the snaps regarding whatever his role might be. Some deep safety, some, you know, playing in the box like John Johnson, maybe a little bit of nickel corner. That's the kind of versatility he has. So I think he's going to be a valuable weapon for that secondary. And the other half of that question, who do I think is the most important to step up? Well, you know, there's a handful of names here. I'm going to drop two that I think are Very crucial, that need to kind of step up here. Maybe one that's more realistic and one that's less realistic. The more realistic one, another third-round pick, edge rusher Terrell Lewis. The Rams only have Leonard Floyd at that edge position right now. He's the only established starter and established player for them at that spot. Outside of Floyd, a lot of question marks. You got Obo Ocaronko. Can he stay healthy? Terrell Lewis himself, can he stay healthy? If they can stay healthy, are they impact players? Are they 6 sack players? Are they 10 sack guys? What kind of potential do they have? And outside of that, I mean, you got a lot of question marks. Is Justin Hollins going to be a very good player for you there? Who knows? Is Chris Garrett a seventh round pick, the 252nd overall player that you just drafted? Is that going to be someone you want to count on? Maybe not. So Terrell Lewis, I think he is a very important player for the Rams going into this season. If he can develop at least a little bit and stay healthy and prove that he was worthy of that third round pick and actually, you know, get some decent run and maybe make his name a little bit more pronounced, I guess you could call it, out there and be more solid from one week to the next, a little bit more consistent, a little bit more productive, that would go a huge way to helping the Rams at that edge spot. As opposed to just always relying on a guy like Aaron Donald or always relying on a guy like Leonard Floyd to produce pressure. The next question is from at Woody World Peace. Who do you think will be the Rams MVP this season? Well, that is a good question. Now, I'm going to eliminate all the easy answers here because, you know, at the end of the day, you got to go with the quarterback. It's always going to be the quarterback. And Matthew Stafford is the guy. No questions asked here. But I'm going to remove Stafford from this equation. I'm going to remove Aaron Donald from this equation, Jalen Ramsey. Those guys feel like shoe-ins, You know, They're the most important players on the team. They need to shoulder the biggest loads. They need to be the most impactful players, bottom line. They make the most money. They ultimately are the best players, and therefore, they have to perform the best. But I'm going to go outside of those guys. I'm going to go with maybe someone a little bit more low-key. I don't know. depends on what you want to look at it. I'm going to say left tackle Andrew Whitworth. The offensive line is already one of the more questionable units, in my opinion, when it comes to this roster, and especially on the offensive side of the ball, I pretty much have no questions about the offense outside of that offensive line. And ultimately, you know, when you talk about Rob Havenstein on the opposite side, two question marks at guard in left guard, David Edwards in right guard, Bobby Evans, a first time starter and Austin Corbett, a first time starter at center with only like 15 or 16 games of experience in the NFL. There's a lot of question marks, especially in that trio of interior offensive linemen. Why I picked Andrew Whitworth as the potential MEP, He's the one guy that you know you can rely on week in, week out. He was an elite tackle still last season, a top three tackle in football. So what that allows you to do is you allow Andrew Whitworth to stay on an island on the left tackle spot and you slide your line help away from Whitworth giving more bodies, giving more attention, giving more double teams to that center guard duo, that guard right tackle duo. Those are the guys that need more help because they're just not as good as Whitworth is. And the more bodies you can help with for those other guys that are maybe less proven, maybe less experienced, the better your offensive line is gonna play. And ultimately, I think as good as this offensive line is, however good they play, is how far the Rams are ultimately gonna be able to go because the rest of this offense is absolutely loaded with talent The defense, sure, there are some question marks as well, but this is an offensive league. You need to score points, bottom line. You go back to the NFC Championship game last year. It was Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers and offense versus offense. That was more or less the difference in that game. And it more often than not is going to be the case, so... I'm looking at the offensive line. If there's one player that you can depend on that can really, really help the rest of your offensive line, it's going to be Andrew Whitworth. And if I'm eliminating, you know, the biggest names, the Ramseys, the Donalds, the Staffords, I'm going to go with Whitworth. You need him to stay healthy in this season. He's that good. He's that important. He's that special. And ultimately, if Andrew Whitworth can still prove to be one of those top tier elite left tackles, that should very well help the rest of your offensive line try to perform at a level that maybe is not expected going into this season. That is going to do it for the questions in this segment. In the following segments, we're going to dive into the remaining questions, so I appreciate you guys for shooting those over. And while we've got you, come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MEP and the page at on Rams. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NBA and NHL playoffs are live. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That's betonline.ag. Welcome back to the second segment of this Mailbag Friday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. I appreciate you guys for shooting these questions over. We're going to pick right back up where we left off. And these two, I feel like I'm kind of cheating here because I almost feel like I already have the answer. But you guys asked, and I may as well just provide the answer. So the next one's from at Movingo 1983. Who are the candidates to take over from John Johnson the third, calling the plays on defense? And just yesterday or two days ago, I guess when this podcast comes out, Ernest Jones, the rookie linebacker, the third round pick, he had a press conference and he mentioned that in one of those practices, he was calling the plays and Aaron Donald didn't hear it. And Aaron Donald asked him what the play was. And he kind of froze up and got a little bit nervous because it was Aaron Donald. But the point is, is that Ernest Jones was the one calling the plays and Aaron Donald was the one asking what the play call was. So you can imagine that that was probably the first team defense and Ernest Jones. I've mentioned it even a few weeks ago when we talked about his player profile and his scouting profile. This is a guy that the Rams very much valued more so than just what he can do on the field. It's the stuff above the neck in the mental approach, the IQ, the football knowledge, getting guys lined up on defense, the leadership, the leadership. And that leads me to believe that he's going to be a starter for the Rams from day one. And not only that, but I do think he's also going to call the place for the defense. Now, you know, if something were to happen to him, maybe a different inside linebacker could do it. But I think the next guy in line after Ernest Jones would probably be Jordan Fuller. That's just a complete random guess. I have no sources on that. That's not anything that's been talked about. That's just my guess. But it sounds like it's going to be Ernest Jones for now. So I'm going to go with Ernest Jones, the rookie linebacker. And the next question that I'm sort of cheating on here that I already know the answer to as well, sort of, was from at O-Technique. He said, lots of football ahead, but who do you think will be returning punts for us? And just like Ernest Jones, Tutu Atwell also had his introductory press conference, I guess you can call it, from actual football now in those OTAs. And he talked about, and I talked about this on yesterday's podcast as well, that he sounds like he's almost already being given the opportunity to return punts. And so, you know, unless anything crazy happens, barring any injuries or catastrophically bad plays, if he continues to drop footballs or, you know, is just fumbling the ball left, right and center, or can't gain any yardage as a punt return guy, then I'm sure they're going to move on from him and put someone else back there. But so far it sounds like head coach Sean McVay is going to give rookie wide receiver Tutu Atwell every opportunity to return punts this season. And I'm in total agreement with that move. Now, I understand the concern. He's 150 pounds. He could honestly get blown up back there by someone who's a lot bigger and a lot stronger. But at the end of the day, the Rams drafted this guy knowing that he was 150 pounds. And ultimately, whether it's on offense, whether it's on defense, whether it's on special teams, he's gonna need to see the field at some point to return value on that second round pick that they spent. So you can imagine they're not all too worried about him being 150 pounds. If they were, if they were concerned with him being hurt or hit hard, well, then you can't draft a guy. And so I don't think they're concerned about that. I wouldn't be all too concerned about it right now. If it happens, it happens. That would be very unfortunate. But at the end of the day, he's a smart football player. He needs to know when to wave that hand and fair catch a punt. Or when he can catch the ball and go outside and, you know, get out of bounds before he eats a hit or whatever the case is, just be smart about it. But at the end of the day, he's a super explosive player, world-class speed. We're talking 4-3-40. This is a guy that needs the ball in his hands and the punt return opportunities, getting five, maybe six, seven punts a game. That is exactly how you get the ball in his hands without needing to give him too much time on the offensive side of the ball. The next one is from my guy at Will Carella. He so said, seems to me when David Long has gotten on the field, he has played just okay. What has been your evaluation of him in the limited snaps he's had with Jordan Fuller and Toro Burgess set to play a lot of safety? Where does that leave Taylor Rapp in the rotation? Now, you brought up a really good point. The secondary is kind of in flux here. I'm still trying to figure out what the best rotation, the best starting lineup here is, what the best roles are. My guess, as I can kind of break it down here is, You're going to have Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams on the boundaries, which you didn't even ask about because we all know that's going to be the case. Now, moving to the safety spot, Jordan Fuller, I think he's going to pretty much play the same role as last season. Next to him is where it gets really interesting. Do the Rams line up Terrell Burgess as a starter? And if they do, what is his best role? Or do they line up Taylor Rapp there and bring Terrell Burgess in on those three safety looks and whatnot? And if that's the case, what does Taylor Rapp do the best? And where do you want him most often? So in my opinion... I'm going to guess that Taylor Rapp and Jordan Fuller are the starters. I would probably have Terrell Burgess out there instead because I think Burgess is the most unique weapon out of those guys. I think he's the guy you want dropping back in coverage in single high as a safety who can roam at the back end and actually make plays in the passing game. Whereas Jordan Fuller yeah, he could do the same, but you kind of want him closer to the line of scrimmage. That's where he's best. And Taylor Rapp, you most certainly want him as close as possible to the line of scrimmage or in run and chase situations because that's where he's at his best. And so in my opinion, I would start Jordan Fuller next to him. I would start Terrell Burgess. And then on those three safety looks, those big dime, big nickel packages, that's when I would bring in Taylor Rapp as a sub package linebacker let him kind of roam that middle of the defense like John Johnson did for the Rams last season. Talking about the nickel spot, David Long was a guy that I actually loved coming out of Michigan a few years ago. His statistics and his passer rating allowed was absolutely absurd in college. I think it was the best passer rating allowed according to our numbers at PFF out of any single cornerback in the entire college football database, which sort of tells you just how good he was. Now, You know, he's played a little bit of time for the Rams, mostly outside, and that's kind of the issue is I just don't think he's an outside corner. I think he's best at nickel, and luckily enough for him and for the Rams, nickel is where they need a guy right now because that's where Troy Hill played, and obviously he's no longer there. They don't need a boundary guy, so David Long has a lot of quickness, a lot of shiftiness, a lot of agility, very good hands in my opinion, knows how to play the ball. He can get up in someone's face at the line of scrimmage and play some press coverage It's obviously questionable as to what kind of extent he could do that in the NFL. That's all the stuff that he did well in college. He was very sticky in coverage. How's he going to do in the league? That's anyone's guess. At the end of the day, the Rams drafted him in the third round. They clearly valued him a lot. And not only that, but they like to give these guys an opportunity to either prove them right or prove them wrong. You look at Bobby Evans now, the starting right guard. Pretty much no competition for him. He's a former third round pick as well. The Rams said, here, here's your job. We drafted you in the third round. We trusted you enough to pick you high or high enough at least. Now's your opportunity to either prove us right or prove us wrong. And I think that's gonna be a similar type of situation with David Long here. If not David Long, a guy that I've talked about many times on here, Dante Dion, do not sleep on this guy. I'm telling you, very small sample size as well, just like Long, but at the same time, He is your prototypical nickel cornerback, very shifty, can flip his hips in and out in a blink. This guy has no problems whatsoever transitioning, going from side to side, turning left, turning right, getting in and out of breaks. He is your prototypical slot, nickel corner, whatever you want to call it. In my opinion, this is a guy that you absolutely have to look out for. And I do think there's going to be quite a fierce battle between Long and Dion for that nickel spot going into 2021. That's going to do it for this segment. In the final segment, we're going to wrap up with the final few questions and make sure to check back in with us here next week at the Locked on Rams podcast. We're going to continue our off-season coverage for the Rams all week long. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. I'd like to think that my word holds a little bit of weight as I have lost 155 pounds over the last two and a half years. And throughout that process, I was on the lookout for the best protein bar and finally found one called the Built Bar. I'm telling you guys, there is no protein bar like it on the market. The taste and the flavors are absolutely tremendous. Not only that, but the texture is unlike any other protein bar that I've ever tried. There's also nine different flavors. And not only that, but the bars are also healthy. They're low in calories. They're low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber. And they even work for you on a keto diet. You'll even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last All you have to do is just go to Biltbart.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Biltbart.com. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, who has been the best player in the NBA playoffs so far? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment of this podcast friday episode of the locked on rams pod as always i appreciate you guys for sticking around this long and shooting over some good questions for me we always have a good fan mail mailbag friday episode here so we're gonna dive into the next one and it's from my guy bryce at b biscus he said how huge is the potential 26 million jump for la in terms of the salary cap free agent who could help the roster the most now i haven't even gotten to dive into the free agent class for next year just yet So it's kind of hard for me to say, but in terms of guys that I think could make an impact for the Rams in terms of the money difference here, well, it's definitely going to help to try and re-sign a guy like cornerback Darius Williams, isn't it? Williams put together a dominant season last year. Going into this season, who knows how he's going to play. If he plays that well again, the Rams are probably going to have to pony up quite a bit of money to try and retain his services. If that's the case, well, then they're going to have to pay a lot of money and the salary cap jump is obviously going to help that. So that is a big, big help in terms of just being able to re-sign your own guys. You look at other names like Sebastian Joseph Day, who have done a very good job developing. Now, looking at the free agents, I mean, some guys that catch my eye, Brandon Scherf, the guard from Washington, one of the best guards in football. You look at David DeCastro, another guard, one of the best guards in football. Either of those guys would be absolutely huge additions for the Rams, obviously, but there are a bunch of names and we're talking way too early before guys are cut before guys are traded all that stuff there are so many names so at the end of the day it's kind of hard to pinpoint a few right now but my eyes are probably going to be on that offensive line some of the guys that are available at those positions at the end of the day i think that's where the rams might be the weakest so some of those guys should be guys that we could maybe focus on going throughout the season and into next season the next one's from at gdubs 31 Any information if the Rams will hold training camp at UCI? And we just got confirmation that the Rams will in fact hold training camp at UC Irvine. And not only that, but Sean McVay confirmed that the Rams will have joint training camp practices with the Las Vegas Raiders and the Dallas Cowboys. So something to look out for. It's gonna be fun to obviously see the Rams finally get to compete against somebody else with this new roster. And that does answer your question. They will be back at UC Irvine. The next one is from at Dak Piff. What do you make of the Kareem Orr signing? Seems to be a skill set we can move around from boundary to inside. New nickel question mark. If you guys missed the news and I forgot to share it, the Rams signed a cornerback by the name of Kareem Orr. He's a relatively young player, spent I believe 2 years with the Tennessee Titans, not exactly a big name and has barely played in the NFL. So, kind of an inconsequential signing in my opinion if we're talking about guys that, you know, could make an impact at nickel. I don't think it's going to be Orr. I think it's going to be between Long and Dion personally. I think Orr is more just, you know, filling out the rest of your roster right now, going through OTAs, getting ready to go into training camp, getting as much competition as you can on the secondary there. So that's kind of my view of it. Now, he could ultimately develop into something. But for now, I'm going to stick with Long and Dion at that nickel spot. The next one is from at the underscore big time. He said, re PFF's list of top tackles. Do you think Rob Havenstein is the most underappreciated Ram? The guy has been a rock at right tackle and his down years coincide with injuries that I think have been downplayed and he's played through. I 100% unequivocally agree here. Rob Havenstein, in my opinion, is the most underappreciated player on the roster. Like you mentioned, he's had a few down years, I believe like two, maybe three. And ironically enough, in those seasons, he's had major injuries to, I believe his ankles to his wrists stuff that you can't really control. He missed time in those seasons, but whenever he's healthy, you're talking about a guy who's very, very solid and very consistent, not really flashy in any part of his game, not one of the top five tackles in terms of run blocking, not a top five tackle in terms of pass blocking. But if you're talking about, you know, just one of the more overall consistent right tackles that you just plug and play, you do not have to worry about, you're not really going to be concerned with that side of the line. That is exactly what Havenstein is. I think he's severely underappreciated just because he does his job very well and nobody really hears his name called out. And that's a good thing for offensive linemen, just in case you guys don't remember. He's a guy that I think you can do much, much worse than. The grass is not always greener. And ultimately, he's just a very, very stable and solid player for the Rams. I definitely agree with you. I think he's one of the more underappreciated players on the roster. And at the end of the day, I think we have to appreciate him more because he's been a very good player for the Rams since he was drafted in the second round many years ago. The next one is from at JB underscore peoples. My guy, he said McVay has had to be in his QB's ear and put a majority of his focus in that position while he's been the head coach. Is it fair to say he won't have to do that anymore with Stafford? How hard do you think this transition will be for McVay and how could it benefit other aspects of the team? That is a very good question, and I think you're definitely onto something here because Sean McVay, for the most part, throughout his tenure as a head coach, he's mostly just focused on the offensive side of the ball and trying to be that set of eyes, more or less, for the quarterback position, trying to obviously get them to the line of scrimmage quickly, start to read and scan those defenses and you know help them with the audibles and stuff like that. I don't think he's going to have to do that with Matthew Stafford. Like you said, he did that with Jared Goff. Maybe he didn't need to. But he did it and he took that onus on himself. Now, he might have a little bit more time to spend on the rest of the team. Maybe he can be a little bit more involved with the defense, which is obviously going to be important because the Rams are transitioning from Brandon Staley to Raheem Morris. So any type of continuity there would obviously help special teams, another new coordinator. And ultimately, he's the head coach. He needs to lead the entire team. He needs to be responsible for every player and every coach under him on this roster because it's all going to land on his shoulders, whether they're successful or not. Ultimately, it's his responsibility, and I think that we could legitimately see him kind of not necessarily not be involved with the offense, but take a little bit of a step back, start to maybe be an overseer for the entire offense, defense, special teams, the whole team, and not so much have to always hold his quarterback's hands, which is you know something he's gotten very accustomed to, in my opinion. It's going to be fun to see Matthew Stafford, the 12-year veteran status that he has, really be able to scan defenses, call the right audibles, be able to line everyone up properly, that is probably a big part of the reason why the Rams wanted to go get a guy like Stafford as opposed to trade Jared Goff, collect some picks, and then try and go up and get a rookie quarterback who's very unknown in that regard. Ultimately, I think the Rams are going to be better off for this, and it is going to be very interesting to see the relationship between McVeigh and his new quarterback. The last one is from at JJ from underscore NJ. He said, according to Spotrack, D. Will, Darius Williams, is valued at three years, $45 million in his next contract which would give him the number six cap hit in the league for corners. The Rams are likely going to be cash strapped next season. Do you think he's going to get a contract that size either with the Rams or another team? I honestly think he's going to get very, very close if not get that exact contract because at the end of the day, we're talking about the most important position on the field here outside of quarterback. Like I always mention, quarterback is always going to be number one. But after quarterback, it is cornerback, which kind of sounds the same. So it might be a little bit confusing there. In terms of the $15 million per year mark, I think it's probably fair to expect. You're looking at the Marlon Humphreys and the Tredavious Whites. They got 19 and a half and 17 and a quarter million dollars per year. Jalen Ramsey tops the market with 20 million. Darius Slade just recently signed $16.68 million per year. Xavier Howard, $15 million. James Bradbury, who was signed by the Giants in free agency, $14.5 million per year. Marcus Peters obviously signed his contract extension not too long ago, $14 million per year. Adoree Jackson, a guy who was just signed a few months ago or, you know, six, eight weeks ago, he signed for $13 million. And he's never really done all that much in the NFL. I mean, he's been a solid player, but. Not a tremendous player. So you're talking about arguably the most important position on the field right now. Darius Williams has one elite season under his belt. Not only that, but he's been proven to make plays on the ball and create turnovers, which is something that teams absolutely love. That's why teams love Marcus Peters, even though he could be a headache, even though he could get toasted at times. His ability to create turnovers is so important. And Darius Williams has a lot of that without having a lot of that same headache stuff, without having the off the field stuff, the you know the weird penalties, the selfish attitude at times, he is basically that without all the negatives for the most part. If he can put together another very strong season this year, which I think everyone expects him to do, he could absolutely see that $15 million per year mark. I think that's expected at this point. If the Rams are budgeting for that, they probably should. Otherwise, he's going to get paid a big amount of money by another team. And I think he's going to ultimately deserve that because this is a guy who's had to get it through the mud and make his way. And he's ultimately earned his right here as one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. That is going to do it for this Fan Mail Friday episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. As always, I appreciate you guys for shooting over these questions. They're tremendous. They're always fun to answer. While we've got you, Just make sure to come back to us next week here at the Locked On Rams pod. We're going to continue our offseason coverage for the Rams all week long. And you can come connect with us on Twitter at QB's MEP, and at Locked On Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.